We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am your guy, Sean Davis, the big boss man himself. Brian Driscoll joins me right here, and it's an exciting Monday. Why? Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. But we're talking about big news today, Brian. Like something sure. happened over the weekend that, man, rings a loud alarm, not only in the number one ranked 2025 recruiting class, but it rings an alarm in a specific, a specific area of recruiting that Notre Dame has failed recently, but it seems to be putting in the necessary work to make that change. We're going to talk about that. First of all, I want you guys to go to Irish Breakdown on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. And that thumbs up, yeah, hit that for us, man. We appreciate you. Make sure you hit the notification bell. Every time we go live, you'll know. And then make sure that you share the Irish Breakdown. No one covers Notre Dame like Irish Breakdown. Had a great week of recruiting news with Ryan Roberts down in San Antonio. Really great game. I don't know how you feel, Brian. Uh, for most of the game, I was like, ah, these games really haven't been up to snuff recently. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can kind of relate it to the quarterback play. Oh, especially in this in, game. Because most in of this the, game, like CJ Carr was supposed to play in the game, but he's right. in the name now. And uh, a lot of the top quarterbacks just chose not to play in all-star games. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, I don't the Dylan Rayola. I don't think he played in either one of the the games. I don't think Aaron no. Nolan played in either one of the games. I, no. You know, there's a like I think DJ Lagway played in the Under Armour game and struggled, but mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of the top quarterbacks didn't play in these yeah. games, and so quarterback yeah. play was a little spotty. Just the way they structure practices is different than what it used to be. It's just it's just not as entertaining for me to be honest with you as it used to be. The games aren't as competitive. Yeah. And not not score wise, but just the way they're played as they used to be, it's kind of turned into the Pro Bowl, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, they've made the rules are similar to what they've always been, but it's just it's just it's I don't know. It's just kind of a it's kind of a boring game. No running, like hardly no. any running, just running backs all over the yard. Yeah. Might as well not even participate. Just make right. it seven on seven at this point. <laughs> right. Put an extra tight end back there to pass block and you're you're good to go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, so we're, we're going to talk. I'm sure we're going to get into that. We have mailbag today, so we'll get to that in the second half of the show. But we have to start the show off by talking about Notre Dame receiving a great commitment in the 2025 class that further solidifies the 12th commitment of the class and further solidifies Notre Dame being ranked number one on two recruiting services and number three on another service. That so one is junk, <laughs> by the way, because you're referring to on three. Garbage, yeah. how they do their rankings. Garbage, but that's a different story for a different day. So you lock that in, and Christopher Burgess Jr. out of Chicago, Simeon, committed live at the All-American Bowl, picking Notre Dame over Alabama, Ohio State, and Michigan. And let's talk about the backstory to this commitment. First of all, BD, it is something that went from being solidified to a lot of people to uh-oh, what's going on, to the Irish finally being the school that he chose to play for. Well, here's a, it, it's really interesting, Sean, because very early on, Christopher was adamant when he talked to Ryan about, look, I'm not in any hurry to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of like out of nowhere, he announces he's going to be committing in January 6th. I think he did this back in November, I believe, mm-hmm. is when he did it. And at the time, you know, Notre Dame was in a pretty good place. Like they were definitely trending in the right direction. He was saying all the right things. Well, it's kind of similar to a recruitment that happened with another kid from Chicago a year ago. He's going to commit early around the same time. Remember, it was in January. Mm -hmm. And Notre Dame's the perceived team to beat. And that's when all the schools said, okay, now we know who we have to beat. Mm -hmm. And two schools in particular made a very, very hard run. Number one is Michigan and number two is Ohio State. And I'm going to talk about Michigan first because there's some stuff coming out that's total BS from a, someone who's just not reputable, in my opinion, saying that you know Michigan didn't really want him. They'd take him if he wanted to come. That's bull crap. Michigan made a very hard push for Christopher Burgess. But their play, I don't know what it is, Sean, right now, but they are not able to turn what they're doing on the field into the recruiting success you'd think that they would. Like if Marcus Freeman goes to three straight playoffs, Final Fours, 
nobody's beating him on a recruiting trail. Mm-hmm. Nobody. And, and and I think with all the other drama going around the program, it's just been harder to the constant. This is the they've been in the playoff three years, and two of those three years, the assumption at the end of the year is Harbaugh's leaving. I think that's factored into it as well. But they haven't turned it into it. And the team that really got in Christopher's ear and made an impact and is who who I mean, this is what they do. It's Ohio State. They did a really good job of kind of not, I don't say tearing Notre Dame down because I don't know that they did that. I just know the people involved in the recruitment have a history of doing that. But they also sold their vision, playing for Larry Johnson. Look at the draft picks. Look at this. Look at that. The current team is pretty good. But Notre Dame this time fended off the Buckeyes for the top Chicago D linemen. Like, like, like last year they didn't. This year, Al Washington, Chad Bowden, Marcus Freeman, all of them were prepared for it. And they and here's the thing. They had a much better message this time. Why? Because this time Al Washington and Marcus Freeman and Chad Bode could point to the product that Al Washington put on the field. Didn't really have that last year. Now it's, yeah, we had Isaiah Foskey, but look what we did this year. Look what we did with Javante Jean-Baptiste. Kid doesn't do anything at Ohio State. They don't develop him. They don't coach him. He's barely a backup. He comes here. He's a 10-and-a-half tackle for loss, five-sack guy that's going to get drafted in the NFL. Right. Look what we did with Riley Mills and Howard Cross. Turn Howard Cross six foot, 280 pounds into a second team All American. Right. Like there's such a better product on the field. Yes, Ohio State had a great defense this year, but Notre Dame is right there with him in every statistical category this year. And it allowed them to say, hey, we can go with them toe to toe right now on what we're putting on the field on defense. And imagine what we could do if we get a guy like you in here to build around. Right. So that pitch was much better. And they're just more, they were just more prepared. And it's two different kids and two different families. Mm. That's the other part of it. Right. I mean, so let's be honest. No two kids are the same. I don't care if they go to the same high school and their teammates are not. Kids are different. Families are different. In this instance, you had a family that was very pro Notre Dame, as you have found out, Sean. You and I discussed this, especially Christopher's mom, very pro Notre Dame. So there was always sort of a leaning in that direction. But Notre Dame had to do the work. And Mm -hmm. Al Washington, Marcus Freeman, Chad Bowden, all of them. I asked about this yesterday just to make sure I'm clear on the intel I was putting out. You know, because Christopher said, you know, Al Washington did a really good job. But you always want to find out. And what I was told by my sources is, dude, this was an army. Like, it took an army to get this one done. We didn't didn't put it on Marcus Freeman's shoulders alone. We didn't put it on Chad Bowden's shoulders alone. And we didn't put it on Al Washington's shoulders alone because that's not how you need to recruit against top with top kids and because that, and, that's what Ohio State did with Justin Scott last year and Miami did they threw the kitchen sink at him mm-hmm. Notre Dame was not going to allow that to happen again and so the entire staff did a great job but again at the end of the day Freeman can say whatever he wants Bowden can say whatever he wants if Al Washington also doesn't do a good job here and doesn't have a product a, an on-field product to sell like he had this year then I don't know that it works and so we gave him a very hard time a year ago this same time for the job that he did since then he's kicking butt, man. You can't deny that. And that's all we ask. Look, you're, I'm going to criticize you when you don't do a good job. He did do a good job there. I'll praise you when you do a good job. And since then, I mean, he's rolling. I mean, Bryce young, Logan Thomas, Cole Mullins. I mean, they got a five man D line. They got tw- 12 commits in the 2023 five class right now. Five of them are defensive linemen yeah. and they're all ranked as four stars by at least one service. Yeah. And and now this is the best of the bunch in Christopher Burgess. So 
the, the staff did a great job of putting in the work, Sean. And I know you found out a lot about this too, because you, you and I talked and, and you confirmed what you're hearing from coaches in Chicago, which is the two big 10 schools in the Midwest made a very hard push. And, and going into this last week, there was a lot of uncertainty about which direction he would go. Notre Dame had to close and close well, and they absolutely did. They knocked it out of the park, and Christopher is now committed to Notre Dame. And this wasn't a deal where his family pushed him to this. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame had to sell him on the vision that mom and dad had bought into, and they did. And that was how why Notre Dame won this battle in the end. And it is a – Sean, it is a big, big win. Now, we'll get into him as a player, and he's, he's raw, and there's a lot – but this is a high upside kid. But they went yeah. into a Chicago public league and beat Michigan and Ohio State for this kid. Yeah. This is not the kind of battle Notre Dame has been winning very often. No. The Chicago wins they've had are the kids in Glen Ellen and you know Lake Forest and the suburbs outside of Chicago. This totally is, different mindset. Exactly. This is going into the city, into a public school, and saying, This is the vision we have for you on and off the field. And they did it, and they landed a big commitment. And beating Ohio State again is huge because this is now what, four big wins in a row. They lost to just, for Justin Scott, Anthony Stover, and uh, Peyton Pierce last year, like mm-hmm. three big losses in a row. Yeah. Since then, they've beat him for Kingston Villamaasa. They've beat him for Gearby Lambert. They beat him for Riley Leonard. And don't let Ohio State people try to tell you that they didn't make a hard push at Riley Leonard. Believe me. Yeah. They took a poor man's Riley Leonard is who they end up getting. Okay. They wanted <laughs> Riley Leonard. And now they've beat him for Christopher Burgess. Now, look, Ohio State's going to still beat Notre Dame for some kids. But yeah. Notre Dame used to get their butt kicked by Ohio State for anyone that they wanted. And they're starting to rack up some wins. That is a huge development. For Notre Dame and beating Michigan in Chicago, which they've now done in the last year and a half for two huge pickups, Cam Williams and now Christopher Burgess is huge because Michigan had been kicking the mess out of Notre Dame for about a decade when it came to Chicago kid, Sean. And so that's also a big, big, big pickup. It makes this it makes this impact this commitment even more impactful, in my opinion. And I think it speaks to. Uh, I talked to Howard Griffith, and Howard Griffith said, look, we're in a special era in Chicago football. Like, you get these seven- to ten-year pockets in Chicago. Chicago's not like Florida. It's not like California where you just consistently every year. You might dip a little bit, but you have a nice level of talent. Chicago, when it comes to football, is more about pockets, right? Because it's a place where a lot of people will leave, go south, but then people will start to come back. And you start to be starting to see an influx of more people that had left coming back to the state because there are jobs and corporations coming to the state and coming to the Chicagoland area. So with that being said, families are coming back. And that means more athletes end up coming back. And with that being said, you see the talent. And there's a burst of talent coming in the next three to four years, and people see it. Coaches see it. I had a conversation with you. Just a backstory, like, yo, there's a power five coach that is literally investing in real estate just to make sure that they're here to take advantage of the talent that's going to be here over the next three to four years. And like I said, you tapped on it. Look, I'm just telling you how it is. If you're going to recruit in Chicago and specifically public school kids, you're going to have to do the most. 
they're not impressed. They might look. Marcus Freeman showed up, and initially, it's going to make an impact. It made an impact with the other prospect last year in January. Made an initial impact. But if you're not willing to follow that up and put in the work and do the most, you're not getting a Chicago kid. And I'm sorry. That's just the way it's the way it is for Chicago kids in football. And it's definitely that way with Chicago kids in basketball. It's just the way it is. It's the way recruiting in Chicago has always been. And nothing has changed. And if you're not willing to at least put in the grind to be number one or at least number two with the best kids in Chicago and the best kids in the state of Illinois, then you're doing your program a disservice. And by getting this kid early, and I think the situation surrounding him at, at Simeon, losing his mentor, losing his head coach, that was pretty much the spearhead along with his parents and his recruiting, that kind of pushed the family and him to want to end things early, which at the end, I think ultimately helped Notre Dame. I really do think it was a positive to help Notre Dame. So that's just the backstory on the Christopher Burgess Jr. Uh, commitment. On Saturday, out of Chicago, Simeon, someone in the chat said, yes, it's the same high school as Derrick Rose and many other mm-hmm. basketball stars that have come out through that program. And they, they've consistently put Power 5 players and D1 players in college football as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a city football factory. Yep. It's been known that for at least two decades. All right? Class impact. Yeah. Class impact. You put up a great article about this as well. Go check it out over at Irish Breakdown. Um, dot com. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Dot com. It's all good. It's all good. But it is um, definitely an impact. You kind of teased it a little bit mm-hmm. in the backstory. But just talk about this kid, what he brings, and how it just kind of solidifies what they're yeah. trying to do. On it. We talked about this on a previous show, like, the vision they have for the defensive line moving mm-hmm. into the future. You can start to see that come into like manifestation a little yeah. bit with this 25 class. He is a great example of that, but the whole class is this way on for edge players. It, mm-hmm. it is not hard to see where Marcus Freeman wants to take this, this team, but especially on defense. And we've talked a lot about this. There are certain positions where it's very clear that Marcus Freeman values length over everything else and, and and upside over everything else. And Christopher Burgess, to me, is a perfect example of that, Sean. You know, he's a 6'4 plus kid, very long arms, 240, great frame, very good athlete, just really raw, right? And that's where you've got to have faith that you have a coach that can coach that up. And Marcus Freeman has that now, Washington. And, and he gives you a big bodied kid at 6'4", 240, that's going to play that defensive end position. So there's the defensive end position and then the Viper. This is the defensive end. This is that field end, that big end position. Now, this gives them, number one, a high-level player at that position for a second year in a row with Bryce Young. And so where you're sure – I mean, you feel good about them staying on the edge. Where the big ends in the 23 class, which are really good, Brennan Vernon – um, Bubakar is per- currently playing Viper, but you had Brennan Vernon, and you had Armel Mukum. Armel Mukum's already moved inside, and Brennan Vernon may also move inside. So that's why I mean two in a row, not three in a row, even though Brennan Vernon was another highly ranked kid, because he may still move inside. But for now, obviously, it's a it's – a, so you're starting to, to stack up year after year. So you had Tyson Ford in the 22 class, Brennan Vernon, maybe Bubakar in 23. The 22 class also now has Josh Burnham. 
So what you've done is you've greatly increased the odds that you're going to be very good at this position moving forward, whether it's Tyson Ford, whether it's Josh Burnham, whether it's Brennan Vern, excuse me, yeah, Josh Burnham, Brennan Vernon, whether it's Bryce Young, whether it's whether it's Chris Burgess, you're starting to stack up big, thank you, big-time talent at this mm-hmm. defensive end position, number one. Number two, specifically looking at this particular class and the makeup of this class. What this does is two things. Now, with C.J. May, they kind of view him as a hybrid guy, can play Viper, can play – or not not hybrid, a versatile guy that can play Viper. And right now his body's more built for Viper, but they think he's got a huge frame and could eventually also be like Josh Burnham that he could play both sides. So that's number one. This now allows you to focus more on letting C.J. just develop the right way, whether it's Viper, big end, or being a guy that can do both. It also now allows you to just fully commit to the transition of Joseph Reef inside. And that's always been kind of the plan. He's not a defensive tackle now, just like Riley Mills wasn't a defensive tackle when he was a junior in high school. But he's got the frame like Riley, big, huge hands, ginormous feet, really broad shoulders. They think he's going to follow the Riley Mills path inside. And now you can focus on that more and more because with Chris Burgess in the class, with C.J. May in the class, you're going to have at least one and a half guys that project for this defensive end position. So now you can really focus on as soon as Joseph Reef shows up on, hey, let's let's let his body go. And you know what I mean? And and if it gets big, it gets big. Yeah. So it does, the, it, it impacts that as well. And, and so you've, number one, you now have, you met your minimum needs on defensive line, although they're not done yet, which we'll get into. Number two, you've landed a big, long, high impact potential type of kid. And number three, this impacts now where you can project everyone else in the class. So it now makes it a little bit more of a complete looking class with him on board. So those are the things that it does right there, Sean, as far as impacting the 2025 class. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And again, we talked about the Chicago angle. It gives you another highly ranked guy. Rivals ranks him number 61. Uh, he is a guy that also ranks in the top 200 by most. I think there's only one that ranks him outside the top 200. But this is a top 150. He earned a, a top 150 grade on my board, yeah. Sean, just because of how raw he is. But he's a borderline five-star upside guy. And and I'm and i and I'm just – the only reason I, I didn't give it to him now is just because, as I've said before, I'm trying to be a little bit more – a little bit more picky with giving five-star upside grades, especially when it's a younger kid. 
You know, like I didn't give Bryce Young one early on. Let's see how he develops as a senior. But you see all the tools to get there. Do you think they should go to a half system? We talked about this a little bit earlier today. We were like, yo, there should be a four and a half kid. Which we have. IB has. Yeah. I mean, we do that. We do three and a half star. Yeah. Because like the problem with the system now is like there's five five star. And then it's like rivals, for example, it's like one to 32 are all five stars. Right. And then four or 33 to like 350 350 are all four four stars. Yeah. Well, we've broken that big category into three different numbers. Right. So there's four and a half star, which is maybe not five star, but you know, that 25 to 50 to 60 range. Mm -hmm. Four and a half star kids, you know, top 50 caliber. That means you could be 35, you could be 55, Mm -hmm. depending on how deep the class is. Then there's the four star, which is kind of, you know, 60 to, you know, 250-ish. And then you get outside the 250, that's more the three and a half star, you know, the 350 and below kind of guys with the three and a half star. So we do that. So, yeah, I think they should do that. Yeah, I think you should do that. And so um, he will fall. He will fall in at four and a half for you right now. No, that's, he falls into the four now. Okay, but four and a half star upside. Gotcha. Because right now the 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 the, the initial grade is based on who they are today mm-hmm. and who Christopher Burgess is today. So he grades out very high on size and frame and power and athleticism, but very low on technique you know, feel for the game. What's his repertoire like? You know, does he have a lot of pass rush moves? No, he doesn't. Does he have, you know, does he play with good pad level? No, he doesn't. And it's partly because of the transition he's going through. First of all, he didn't play football till what, ninth grade? Ninth, yeah. tenth grade, yeah. right? Number one. Number two, he went through this coaching chains where his the, the, the longtime head coach at Simeon retires. Yes, he's still serving as the young man's mentor, but he's not the coach anymore, and so you kind of lose that. Now they're going to have – so there was like an interim coach this year, right? There's going to be a new head coach next year that's already been hired. So, like, he's gone through a process that's kind of slowed his development down. And, I mean, no disrespect to the Simeon coaches. It just happens sometimes. Yeah. But he's a very raw player. So, right now, that drags his grade down a little bit. His upside grade is easy top yeah. 50, which yeah. is that four-and-a-half star. Because that's why I did the two the, – the upside grade, because you need to be able to tell the difference between – a guy that's like kind of a dude right now mm-hmm. and a guy that isn't that now, but can be, yeah. you know, because there's guys you'll see that you don't rank in the top 100 because they're so raw, but you're like, the upside is enormous. And then like Joe Walt was that way for me. I gave him a three and a half star grade coming out of high school because he was raw. He was still only 270 growing into the tight end or going, going from the tight end to an offensive lineman. But the upside was enormous. I saw a three and a half star player, but four and a half borderline five star upside. You can see the upside, the potential in him. But I also couldn't justify putting him in the top 100 based on that potential. Yeah. Right? So that's what the two grades are for. And Christopher, to me, is exactly like that that category of tons of tools, loads of tools, but he's still raw and very much scratching the surface on those. So even though his current grade isn't quite as high. And if I had to guess, I'd probably have him in like the 100 to 120 range right now. Mm Mm-hmm. But Rivals is banking on the upside. They're banking on the projection, which I'm only totally okay with. But you've got to be careful with that. That's why I like the two-grading system. Because if you just look at – if Christopher Burgess taps into his full potential, at minimum, he's a top 50 caliber player. At minimum. Yeah. And with the potential to be a five-star. Yeah. Right? I think. You know, so so there's loads of potential there, Sean. And, and again, we've talked about it before. Great frame. 
natural power. I mean, just look at him. He's like a jacked up, chiseled kid, and he's you know just scratching the surface of what he's going to be in a, in a college strength program, right? Yeah. Very good athlete, you know, and and but his technique gets him in a lot of trouble. That's the problem. His technique keeps him from dominating the way that he should dominate, you know, because he does play high. He doesn't know how to use his hands yet. There's a lot of things he's got to learn how to play. The Notre Dame staff was smart enough to look at him and say, he may not be the finished product that some other highly ranked ends might be where they already have the pass rush repertoire and they have the big numbers. They look at Christopher and say, if we can coach this kid up, he's going to be a star. And that's why they pushed for him. And even when there were some other higher ranked players on the board that liked Notre Dame, Christopher was still a top target, even when that was going on. And also having him as a top target also allowed them to not feel the need to have to go push for more defensive linemen in the 24 class. Cause they're like, look, we're going to load up in 25 because there's some kids we really like. And Chris first part of that conversation. And just to kind of just solidify what you already spoke about with the coaching staff and the changes that went through one of the benefits, because Notre Dame is going to have to continue to recruit this kid and stay connected to him. One of the benefits of this, his new coach, who was the coach of the West team at the All-American Bowl game. He coached the defensive backs all week. That's his background. He has a pre-existing relationship with multiple coaches on the Notre Dame staff. They didn't have that with Coach Culver's. Mm-hmm. That's the benefit. Was that the uh, interim coach? No, he was the coach at Kenwood Academy. Gotcha. He coached Marquise Lightfoot. Now, no, I mean the the coach Colbert. You're, what? Who's that? Colbert That's, was the coach that retired. That's okay. his mentor. Gotcha. That's a, he's a, a legend. Has Simeon for over a decade as one of the top programs in the city in the public school. And so that's the relationship that came that was not established. That was not established in the Brian Kelly area. Now, because coaches Dre Brown being present in Chicago, Mike Mickens going to Kenwood Academy the last two summers, establishing a relationship with the new Simeon head coach, St. Keith Turner, who played under Al Scott, legendary coach Al Scott at Simeon. Now he returns to his alma mater to be the head coach. He spent last week down at the All-American Bowl developing a relationship with Chris Burgess and the rest of his family. And I spoke to you and he said, look, I had never been a part of his recruitment. I'm not about to insert myself now. I'm just trying to get to know, know the young man that I have to coach. He's not only doing that, but he's bringing the same defensive staff that coached and developed Marquis Lightfoot. And that's what I wanted to get to. Right. What you saw from Marquis Lightfoot in that All-American game that had a lot of people excited, that's the same coaching staff that's now going to be hands-on with Christopher Burgess Jr. at Simeon for his senior year and this summer. So that bodes well for the development, like you said, that's needed to get him to that level to be that 4.5 upside guy. And with all due respect to Marquis Lightfoot, he does not have, in my opinion, Christopher Burgess's God-given physical tools. He doesn't. In my opinion, he's not as big. I think the pound for pound size plus explosiveness is better with Christopher Burgess. And look, Marquis Lightfoot's a good football player. Notre Dame just liked other guys better. Totally fine with that. It is what it is. I don't think you should take Chicago kids just to take them. You got to be smart about it. Because if you start taking all these Chicago kids and they don't play, then you're going to create some issues. You got to be, you got to be somewhat careful with who you did it. And they just liked other guys better. It is what it is. So to me, 
you know, I, I look at this and say, Sean, like you've, you've got this big pickup and it's another, just a strong pickup in Chicago. You signed Notre Dame signed one kid from Illinois last year. One mm-hmm. Cam Williams. They've got three from the Chicago area at large in the class. Now you really could technically say four because they moved, but Flanagan started. That's true. In the Chicago area as a youngster. And then they moved to Wisconsin. So, right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's big. And then, and then obviously Sean, when you, when you, you know, you kind of look at just the, the breaking down his game, we already kind of did that. The big thing for him is he's got a chance to be an elite edge defender against the run. Mm-hmm. The part of his game that needs the most work is going to be enhancing his pass rushing repertoire. That to me is the thing that more than anything else, his lack of technique impacts and drags his current grade down. My thought, my thought, however, and the reason I'm fired up about this commitment, even though I don't grade him right now as a top 100 guy or top 50 guy right now mm-hmm. because of that technique, but what has me fired up is because he is so raw and there is so much room for growth. And because of what you told me this weekend about the new staff coming in to coach him, plus what we've seen from the Notre Dame staff, you know, this is one of those things where you say this kid has an enormously high ceiling. And it's a lot like we were talking about Bryce Young a year ago. Mm-hmm. Like Bryce Young was not a, I mean, Bryce Young was a three and a half star kid a year ago. And that's exactly where he should have been. He was tall. He was long. You could see the athleticism, but he had no clue how to play football really. And he was very, you didn't know how to use his hands, played high, didn't have a ton of production. And then you, you see him jump out once he gets, you know, once he learns those things, he was another guy, um, that to me was, you know, w- w- when you look at like when you look at like Bryce Young, Sean, it was all about you're banking on the potential. When Notre Dame landed him, he was not a kid that had the production of the film of an elite player. As a junior in high school, he had nine tackles for loss and three sacks. Mm. That's it. Now, that's not elite production. This year, as he improves his technique and his dad keeps working, because his dad's very clear. I never pushed football on Bryce. I didn't really start working with Bryce until Bryce wanted to really embrace football. That happened later in his career. Then he jumps out as a senior. He goes from nine tackles for loss to 33. He goes from three sacks to 14 against very good competition. And so that to me is the kind of potential jump that Chris Burgess could make. The Mm -hmm. thing is, Chris's baseline now is even higher than Bryce's is because he's further along physically from where Bryce was a year ago. Bryce was like 220 as a junior and then blew up to 245, 250 as a senior. I mean, you could just see it when he visited Notre Dame before the junior year and visited before his senior year. He looked like a completely different kid. Christopher's already there. He's already 6'4", 240, and jacked. You know, so that part's already there. Now it's like learn the game. That's going to be the key. Learn the game. Learn how to use your hands. Learn how to use that size. So the potential is enormous. It really is enormous. And that's where we start getting excited about it to me. And I will say this. I think with Christopher, most public school kids, they don't face the same level of competition that a Catholic school would face week to week or that a suburban kid might face week to week, mm-hmm. right? If you're a public school kid like Simeon, you'll face, you'll get up for the Morgan Park game. This is going to be a tough game. You'll get up for the Kenwood Academy game and maybe two other games, right? 
And then maybe you have a suburban school in the preseason before you get to conference play. But the consistency, if you're like a Brother Rice or Mount Carmel, where you, you know, Brother Rice plays Mount Carmel, Brother Rice plays St. Ignatius, Brother Rice plays Loyola Academy, they play De La Salle. Like every week, they're playing one of the top teams in the state. And that's who you get to play against. And for him, I think that's part of the development, right? You know, he really is, when he's on the football field at Simeon, he's probably the best player. And there's probably really no one else at left tackle that can really sharpen him. So I will be very excited to see how the coaching staff and the coaching change. Because I think this coaching staff and what St. Q. Turner did, taking a program at Kimball Academy that was never known for football, ever, until he got there, and quickly created the best football program in the city, according to most, in a span of four to five years. What he did, you take his background, his coaching staff now going to Simeon, where there are plenty of athletes every year. I'm excited about the impact they can have on Christopher Burgess. And like you said, if you see this kid, his the trunks he has for legs, yeah. yo, he's a big like, boy. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a big oh, boy. Oh yeah. yeah, but he's not stiff. He's not unathletic. He's not just no. a big power guy that you're just going to immediately project to be an inside guy. Maybe he grows into an inside guy someday. Mm-hmm. Maybe that happens. But I I like the idea of him being on the outside. Mm-hmm. And you know, Bryce Young is a little bit more of a pass rusher. This kid's a little bit more of a run defender. And then they both need to build up those other parts. And you think of a you know down the road, you think of the potential of. You went from Javante Jean-Baptiste and Nana Osafa Mensa playing defensive end to in three years, you could have it be Bryce Young and Christopher Burgess. Mm-hmm. You start getting pretty fired up, right? Because at the end of the day, Mike Marcus Freeman has made very clear, we're going to be a line-driven team. You can't do – offense, you can have good talent that's coached by Harry Heastan, and it becomes great talent or great production – but D-line, at the end of the day, to truly be Georgia, Bama, when they were rolling, Clemson, when they were rolling, you need elite players. You need elite talent. And they're starting to stack that up, right? But they're also being smart when you look at the class. Why'd they push for Joseph Reef and Dominic Hulak? Because it's not you can't sign only five top 100 guys because then three of them are going to transfer when they realize there are two guys ahead of them. You need to build a roster. Yeah. Right. And part of building a roster is sometimes getting that kid that's going to need three years to develop his body, but loves being part of the Notre Dame program. That Dominic Hulak type that'll do whatever I need you, you need me to do, coach. I'll do. You need me to be a special teams gunner for four years. I'll be a special teams gunner for four years. Right. Like, not every kid is recruited to be like, we have to understand as fans the right way to build a a team is not to do what Texas AM did a couple years ago and recruit nine front seven players and four wide receivers, and then the rest of your class is not really made out well. You have like seven, eight defensive linemen, one linebacker. But here's the problem. How many of those defensive linemen that were all highly ranked are still at Texas A&M? Most of them are gone because the guys that didn't win the starting jobs early bailed, right, because they were all highly ranked guys. This is about building a team. One thing that Dabo did better than anybody else is he combined, I need to be able to do three things as a coach. I need to find the elite talent, which he did. I need to find the the under-the-radar kids with elite potential, 
which he did. You think of the Isaiah Simmonses, and I need to recruit program guys that are going to be happy to be to do whatever we need them to do. And Marcus Freeman and Chad Bowden seem to understand the need for program guys. You hopefully can over-recruit them in your starting lineup, but these are the kind of kids that will do whatever you need them to do. I'll play, Coach, I'll play special teams. I'll rush the passer. I'll do whatever you need. You need me to put on 30 pounds and move inside? I'll put in 30 pounds and move, on, and move inside. You need guys like that. But at the end of the day, you can't only have those guys either. You need the big-time talents and that's what Christopher Burgess is. And that's what they're still trying to add. One more piece. We'll wrap up with this, Sean. What's next? Right now, the final piece of this puzzle is Damian Shanklin, the mm-hmm. Indianapolis defensive end from Warren Central. He's that viper. He's that high-level, twitchy, 6'4", 230, like f- long arms, athletic, high-ceiling kid that Notre Dame needs more on the viper. And if you can somehow put those two kids on the opposite ends, with C.J. May being able to do both, with Dom Hulick being able to go front to back, do all those type of things, and you got Davion Dixon and eventually Joseph Reef inside, recent Reef inside, now all of a sudden you've put together an outstanding defensive class. That's the key. Now, whether or not they're going to recruit Jarquez Carter or not, we'll find out. I, I, I have some doubts about that. I'm not sure if that's the direction they're going to go. I don't know if they can get to seven defensive linemen. I don't know how that's going to be. We'll see. But as of right now, here's the thing I know for a fact. We're talking defensive end. Damian Shanklin is the guy that they have wanted to put opposite Christopher Burgess for months. And then, like I said, have CJ May be kind of that do-everything kind of guy. That's the final key. You've got to be able to get Christopher Burgess and Damian Shanklin because if you can get two of the three best defensive linemen from the north, which is what I think these two kids would be, Nathaniel Marshall being in that conversation as well, if you get two of those three top Northern kids and, and who you have to beat out to get them, that's a huge, huge plus for Notre Dame. So that's what's next, Sean, is going to be going out and, and pushing for James, Damian, Shank, Damian Shanklin and getting him. I mean, the kid's name is – he goes by Dame. Come on, bro. you got to come to Notre Dame, right? Like you're from Indiana. You go by Dame. I mean, it's just – it makes too much sense. I'm, I'm kidding, obviously. <laughs> but that's the final piece to this, Sean. Before we get to the mailbag, that's going to be the final piece of this defensive line puzzle. If Al Washington can can land Damian Shanklin, boy, that I love this class because you get the high ceiling kids mm-hmm. with lots of upside. You've got some program guys in there that are really good players. It's a nice blend. It's a really it's it reminds me a lot of the Clemson classes that they used to get, where you get that those highly ranked kids, and then there's a couple like who's that kid, and then that kid ends up being like a four year depth player. Right. on your team. And then when Dexter Lawrence gets suspended for the playoff, that kid, the Niles Pinckney type, steps into the starting lineup and you go win a title, even though your five-star nose guard, who was a top 20 NFL draft pick, got suspended and missed both games. That's the kind of kid you need. That's what Dom Hulak is. That's what C.J. May is. That's what Joseph Reef is, right? And then Christopher Burgess and hopefully Damian Shanklin and Davion Dixon can be the the high-ceiling oh, guys. Well, yo, that puts a wonderful bow. On the commitment of one Christopher Burgess Jr. out of Chicago, Simeon. As always, we want you to go subscribe to Irish Breakdown. Make sure you lock in, hit the thumbs up, hit the like button, share, notification bell, all of that. And then for intel, go to boards at irishbreakdown.com. You'll get all of the intel, everything that Brian Driscoll, Brian Roberts, and myself we drop over at the message board. And then lock in if you want to read what we just talked about that article about not only what's next, the class impact, and the backstory to the commitment 
of one Christopher Burgess Jr. It is right there available at irishbreakdown.com. That is the first part of what we're talking about today. The mailbag is coming up next. We'll get to it shortly right here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM. <laughs> 